weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 18 is here. We've got a ton to get to, but first of all, it's a cougar sighting. Yes, there's a mountain lion right here in the Springfield area. My wife saw it as she was returning to our house after picking up a pizza at Westwoods on Wednesday night. She saw it as she was driving west on Jefferson near the Big Green Barn before you get to the area that has Phoenix Collision, Ryan Electric, and the grain silos at the corner of Bradford and Jefferson. Had a big bushy tail and all that. The DNR says it's returning to Nebraska and they have a tracker on it, so it's no danger, but you can just hope it doesn't get hit by a car or attack anyone's pets. Anyway, that's the craziness this week on top of all the postseason action. Before we get to any of that, though, we have Six Minutes with Sauce. It's brought to you by Andrew Harvey of Country Financial. Here is Nick Broker. All right, welcome back to another edition of Six Minutes with Sauce. It is a chance to talk with Nick Broker from Old Miss. Thanks to Andrew Harvey of Country Financial. Nick, as we check in every two weeks this fall, um, this one's not a fun one, I guess. I guess that's fair to say. What uh, What's the reaction to the first loss of the year for the Rebels? Yeah, I mean, it definitely stinks. Losing any game, losing a rivalry game. And, um, you know, again, we were up pretty pretty early on. Um, but a lot of good things to learn from. And we still, you know, have a chance to go on another this week. That, that's kind of the beauty of it is we get to play again this week. So. And when you play in the conference, you do. As long as you keep winning, you're going to you're gonna still have a chance. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. That's the thing. Uh, it's, it's very tough in this league to go undefeated. That's why, you know, when you see... See teams do it. It's super impressive, and uh, um, you got to bring your best every week. And obviously, we didn't play our best last Saturday. What would you say that LSU did better than you guys? I think that they kind of you know made big plays um, after we were up seventeen three. They kind of weathered the storm and made some plays. And really used the crowd's momentum and uh, credit to them. You know, they played a really good game. What would you say? Was the struggle for the offense in the second half not being able to really just put up points? I think we kind of got out of rhythm early on. We were making positive plays using tempo and consistently running and plays at a really fast rate. We just didn't really get into that flow, that rhythm in the second half, and then it kind of became too late. You know, at the end of the game, we kind of went back to the wall. It was obvious passing situations that were bringing the house, and you know, they were pinned back ready to rush the passer, and that's just a tough situation for the whole offense to be in. Outside of the strategy of football, um, what is an atmosphere like that like for somebody who, you know, coming from Central Illinois, there's not quite stadiums like that around here. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) It's one of those things that you kind of lose in like the the moment of it, you know, to like throughout the week, oh, it's another game, but you know, staying back on it, it's definitely really cool to play in a place like Death Valley and it's something you've always really looked forward to playing in. Right. And I mean... You hate to say it, but in your in your college career, there's been a couple years. I mean, you talk about the COVID year and stuff like that, where some of those opportunities have been taken away. So, do you really get to cherish the moment of this year, saying, you know, there's there's no more restrictions, there's none of that, and you know, getting this opportunity is is a once in a lifetime type of deal. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everybody dreams of playing in a place like that, sold out CBS game of the week. I mean, that's at least when I was growing up, those are the games I watched. I always thought it would be really cool to play an atmosphere like that. So to be a part of it's really, it's really fun. It's a really unique experience. How quickly do you guys have to turn the page on a game like that, knowing, like you said, you play in the SEC where you, you don't get a week off? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always a 24-hour rule. Win or lose, um, you play the game, you get 24 hours, you know, celebrate or dwell on it, and then uh, it's right next to the next week. So. 
yeah, that being said, you guys are on the road this week again. So um, what's a trip to, to A&M like or what, what's what's the planning like for that? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a pretty similar situation. You know, another really talented team, another really talented defense, um, and another, you know, pretty hectic environment, pretty wild environment, another place, another stadium that's, like we talked about earlier, that's just one that's really special and one you really enjoy playing and being a part of. We talked a couple weeks ago about the opportunity for you to be on, you know, uh, or to get an award like the SEC Lineman of the Week and, and stuff like that. A couple weeks ago, you... Um, you're laying on a couple watch lists, the ESPN uh, college football All-American preseason or mid-season list. I'm sorry. And, you know, another a couple other mid-season All-American lists. Um, what what does that do for your confidence level right now? Yeah, I, it's one of those things you can't really celebrate. Um, obviously, right now, we're still got a lot of football left. But um, just from a confidence standpoint, that, you know, have the confidence in your abilities and know that they're pretty high-end or, or pretty, it's a pretty cool feeling. And does it kind of, um, not only confidence-wise, but just, you know, for you, solidify all the hard work that you've been doing and, and putting in this year to say, you know, obviously if I keep doing what I'm doing, people are noticing. Yeah, I think that's kind of the big thing is um, it's nice to have some of the hard work and all the hours spent kind of being noticed, so to speak. This week for us in Central Illinois, um, we're, we're preparing for round one of the IHSA playoffs. Um what what advice would you give a, a high school senior who is going into the playoffs knowing, you know, every game can be your last at this point and, you know, not everybody gets the opportunity to play at the college level. So what, what kind of special experience is that for, you know, not only the Cyclones, but everybody in Illinois? Yeah, I mean, it, it, looking back on it, it's just a really special time, like you said. Um, just high school football in general, you know, those are kind of some of those core memories that really lost a long time just because those are the same. Those are the same guys you grew up, you know, playing with. Uh, since you were such a young age, and always wanted to be a part of, especially you know, SAC being as part of that tradition where you always saw so much success and the gold helmet being so much to everybody involved. You know, it's a really special time. It's just a really fun time. You know, the weather's a little colder. It's later in the year. There's only so many teams practicing. Um, you know, that's kind of the goal is to just go one and zero each week, and it doesn't really matter how you win at that point. Just win and get to the next one. What do you remember about preparation-wise in terms of the playoffs? Do, do things change? I mean, do you have to do anything different, or do, do coaches treat each week differently in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell there's more of a sense of urgency to be at your best just because every week, you know, especially as you get longer and farther into it, I mean, the teams get better. Um, so there's definitely more preparation that goes into it from an individual and team standpoint, but... That's kind of what makes it so much fun is, you know, it's such a big deal. and It's kind of the biggest moment you can be really a part of as far as high school football goes. That's six minutes, man. Uh, not only do you have a trip to A&M this week, but uh, as we look at the schedule, we won't talk to you next week. And, and there's a big one as well for next weekend with Alabama. So good luck these next two weeks and uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. Awesome. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it, DJ. Thanks to Nick Broker for his time. A big two weeks ahead for them. Ole Miss plays Texas A&M and Alabama. So make sure you tune in. Now, let's talk about what I saw in the last week. Let's start with week nine of the high school football season in the CS8 and the Sagamo. The big one in Athens. I got to see an incredible game from between two teams that are very, very good. It doesn't get any better when it comes to small school football. A great crowd from both teams. Moroa traveled well. and The Trojans get it done. Barely against Athens. Moroa finishes the Sagamo schedule. A perfect 9-0. And that is tough to do. Caden Maurer, Aiden Reiser, they're just so good, so tough. And the rest of the Trojans were awesome in that game. Athens, 
I take nothing away from them. They could have won that game, but Knox won't say could have, would have, should have. They get a tough draw in 2A, but we'll get to that in a minute. Also Friday, SHG wins the CS8 outright. No surprise there. Rochester destroys MacArthur, and I didn't get highlights of it, which plenty of Rochester moms were mad about, but the Rockets on the soccer side beat Springfield High in the 2A regional title game in penalty kicks. More on that in a minute. On Saturday, I went to Taylorville in the morning, got some great cross country. Rochester girls, they got a really good team led by Colleen Zebert. And then we talk about the Lincoln siblings. The Heitzigs win the titles. It's such a cool story to see Brendan and Becca do what they do. Also on Saturday, I headed to Macon for the Meridian 2A Regional Soccer Game. Chatham dominates and advances to play at home in sectionals, and we'll get to that in a minute as well. Saturday night, the IHSA Playoff Pairing Show. Check out the You Pick'em podcast to hear all about the football teams and break down the matchups. We did that today. Monday was the day to track down all the second season previews. We have 11 of them up on the website, so make sure you go check that out. Tuesday, the rain washed out the soccer games until Wednesday. So, I went to Athens for some regional volleyball. Pleasant Plains beats SHG. I know they were a bit worried about that one. It's a loaded regional, not quite as bad as the 3A Rantoul Regional with Muhammad Seymour and Uhi, but still. Anyway, Pleasant Plains beats SHG in two sets. Porta beats Athens in three sets. So, it's Plains versus Porta on Thursday night for the title in Athens. On Wednesday night, I was in Chatham for soccer. The Rochester Rockets, what a cool story. They went three and five in the CS8 this season, but find a way to beat Springfield High in the regional, like I said last Friday in penalty kicks. And then on Wednesday, they beat Urbana on a goal from Darren Booth. The defense played great after that, and Rochester is in the sectional title game. Second game of the night, Glenwood beats Champaign Central, who is a very good team, but Glenwood is better. They beat them by a score of four to one, they play at home one more time on Friday. So we get an all-CS8 sectional title game on Friday night in Chatham at 5 p.m. I assume that's why they scheduled the football game for a 7.30 start against Quincy. And what a perfect opportunity for the communities to come together and watch some great soccer. Chatham can show out for the Titans on both levels. And Rochester, your football team doesn't play until Saturday at 1 p.m. So show out for this great game on Friday night. That leads us to what's coming up on Channel 1450. Thursday night is volleyball night. Let's get started with 1A. Lutheran High, who went to state last year, they play at Mount Pulaski against the host Hilltoppers. That'll be a great game. In 2A, in Athens, is Pleasant Plains versus Porta. In Warrensburg, they play Williamsville. The Sagamo champs looking for a regional title and a spot in the Riverton sectional next week, along with the Birds battle in Athens. At the 3A level, we'll have highlights from Rochester, where two of the three CS8 champs will meet for a spot in the Lincoln sectional. Rochester versus Springfield High, that's where I will be on Thursday. In Jacksonville at the Bowl, it's Lincoln against Jacksonville. The rail splitters looking to head home for sectionals. In Rantoul, it's U-High against Muhammad Seymour. What a great regional championship. The winner there heads to Lincoln as well. We'll have plenty of volleyball highlights on Thursday. On Friday, we'll have soccer highlights from Chatham, like I said. Then, Glenwood football hosts Quincy. SHG plays Spring Valley Hall on Friday night at Kenlinard Field. Williamsville hosts Collinville on Friday night at the 3A level. And finally, we'll have highlights from Auburn at Pena the 2A level. On Saturday, we will start with cross country in Chatham. That's 2A cross country. Girls races at 11, boys races at 12. Then I'm headed to Rochester for a 1 p.m. game, the Rockets against Effingham. We will also have Jacksonville at Metamora, 
MacArthur at Peoria, Fairfield at North Mac, North Lawndale at Moreau Forsyth, Athens at Carmi, and Olympia at Benton. A full slate on Saturday, a busy Saturday for round one. On Monday, it's sectional volleyball semifinals. We will be in North Green for 1A, we'll be in Riverton for the 2A sectional, and Lincoln for the 3A sectional. Those championships are on Wednesday night, and then the super sectionals are on Friday next week. Tuesday night, we'll be super sectional soccer at the 2A level in Rochester. A busy playoff week ahead. That's what's coming up, and that leads us to this week's guest. Jim Rupert joins me to talk about the playoff picture on the football side. I'm joined this week by Jim Rupert on the podcast because I want to bring him in to talk uh, some playoff football. But to start the podcast, I'm going to ask you a question because you ask a lot of people questions. So I want to throw this out there and see see what you come up with. Um, you do a radio show. You've, you've been the sports editor. You do all this collecting of stats. And I feel like um, podcasts have really only become popular or you know become a, a form of media in the last maybe five, ten years, I think that's fair to say, right? Yeah. Okay. So, in your career as a reporter, who do you wish that you could go back and do a podcast with instead of, you know, I'm sure you've interviewed a lot of very famous people, but you usually only have five, ten minutes after a game or something like that. So, who's somebody that you would say, I would love to sit down with them and talk for 45 minutes, 50 minutes? Derek, uh, not so long ago, when I, when I retired from the State Journal Register, I came to Kevin to be to work full time at this at the at Channel fourteen fifty yeah. at, at at the station. Yeah. And one of the one of my proposals, I wanted to I wanted to go back through the history of Springfield sports. I would love to go back and be able to do forty five minutes with Robin Roberts. Yeah. I'd love and and I had chances. Um, Dick Schofield. Right. Kim Schofield Worth. People, I'd love to really tap into the history. I've been in Springfield for 46 years now. Yeah. And I think I know a little bit about the history, but I want to go back further. We had, um, when, when the state of Illinois celebrated its 200th anniversary, I guess, a couple of years ago, I was on a panel and I had sports. And we, I, I set it up with Dick Schofield. Yeah. And nobody showed up to listen, but it was tremendous. Right. Dick talked about... Growing up on a farm, an only child, moving into Springfield, how his dad was his coach. And, and, and Dick said, for the longest time, I thought my name was G.D. Dick because that's all my dad. My dad worked with me every single day. Yeah. And it was so enlightening. And just to talk to, to those I would zero in. If you're asking me who would I love to talk uh-huh. to, I'd zero in on local Springfield sports right. people. I'd sit down with Dave Robish. Kevin Gamble. I was Man. here for Kevin Gamble's yeah. career. Just to have those people talk about how they got to where they are, sports in Springfield when they were growing up, as opposed to how they see things are now. Yeah. That would be that would be a cool, really cool podcast for me. And I wish Chuck Scharf at Rochester is a big podcast guy, yeah. and he's constantly sending me podcast okay. sites. Yeah. And I don't listen to him enough because I. It's hard for me to sit down and say, for 20 minutes, right. I'm going to listen to this. Yeah. But 
it, it, to answer your question, I'd like to. I, I'd I'd love to have a podcast of sort of the history of Springfield sports uh-huh. by going back with people. Um, and and I, I got to talk to Robin Robertson. What a tremendously beautiful man. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, when when the Yankees and the Phillies were in the World Series, Jason Worth was in the World Series. Rob, Robin was in New York because it was the first time since 1950, since the Wiz Kids in 2008 or seven, whatever it was when the Phillies and the Yankees played in the World Series. And Robin was in New York doing the Today Show or something. Yeah because he was the, the, the link there. And I called him in his hotel in New York, and we talked about it. And yeah. just, he's just a, a, such a wonderfully nice guy and always so nice to me um, as a media member. I, I'd love to go back, and, and that, that's where I would go as far as a podcast. Right, because I heard your interview with Kim, um, what was it, a couple months ago now? Mm-hmm. And, you know, doing that stuff on the radio is great, but at the same time, you know, you get eight to ten minutes, and it's like, okay, we got to take a break. Or, you know, hey, we're out of time. And it's like, man... There's always those follow-up questions because you'll hear something that they say and it's like, you just wish that you could get into that a little bit more. And I've noticed that too with just like, you know, football coaches after games, you get a couple minutes to ask them a question and they're trying to get out of there and do something Mm -hmm. else. So it's great to be able to just sit down and say, hey, let's go back to this moment and see what you say. So I think it would be a lot of fun to listen to you interview those those people. That's why during the pandemic, when you brought people into your garage... And you, you, you went through games again. Yeah. It w- they had a different perspective. They had a different look at it. And that's why those were so good yeah. because time made them better instead of making them worse. And you're, it's different. In the old days, when I started in, in the late 70s, coaches weren't in that big a hurry to get out of there. Right. You didn't have to wait forever. They didn't spend <laughs> 20 minutes talking to their teams after games. Yeah. You got to interview them, and, and you got what they felt more and stuff. And, and now everybody's in a hurry. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, and like you said, doing the live rewind stuff, I think we can lead that into talking about the playoffs because um, – I would I would like to have those guys Derek and Ken sit down and watch last year's SHG Rochester semifinal game. I know they won't do it because they don't like to talk about those games with each other. Right. Um, but let's start there. What do you as we talk about the four A playoffs this year when the brackets are announced? It's like oh, it's going to be SHG Rochester in the semifinal. And you know I said it to Derek and Ken this week. It's like. So any other school that we cover would be so happy to say, yes, book us in a semifinal. But with these two teams, it's just expected. And, it, and they dread it. <laughs> it's awful for them. They yeah. hate it. Yeah, and, and, and I heard them talk a little bit. It's like, yeah, we're looking forward to playing in the semifinals. We're not looking forward to who we might have to play right. in the semifinals. And, and I was going through the, the, the bracket, and, and I was redoing them, and – I'm looking at, at 4A, and I'm like, there's nobody in here that those two... T- Both of those teams would be state champions yeah. in this bracket, except that, it, you know, Moreau and St. Teresa got a break by being opposite brackets. Yeah. They could play each other yeah. for the state title. And that would be wonderful if SHG and Rochester could play each other. No, it wouldn't be wonderful. It would be wonderful for us, but it wouldn't be wonderful for them. You, um, you could get plenty of people in the stands, because at Champaign, there's... Unlimited room at Rochester. There, I mean, I felt like last year it was there wasn't anywhere else to go. Yeah, well, that, you're never going to have a sellout at a football game yeah. because I, people can stand Just anywhere they want to. And people yeah. always you always hear that before those games. I heard it's a sellout. Yeah. No, no, Come don't worry in. about yeah. it. You're, you're gonna you're gonna be allowed in, but except 
In the playoffs, you're going to have to have the ticket on your phone because the IHSA yeah. does all that <laughs> stuff. And that's going to turn people away yeah. because old folks like me are afraid that, that they're going to screw it up on their phone and not be able to get in. Just hand me a ticket, let me hand it to somebody, and let me in. So as you look at the brackets for 4A, I mean, is that pretty much what you see? Is there anybody that can can trip up? I don't think there's anybody that can trip up SEC at this point, but is there anybody that can trip up Rochester? Well, we have we have sort of gotten to the point where we, in the Springfield area, the, the generic we, we don't fear anybody in the South. No. I mean, for, forever. You know, five-seeded, fifth-place Jacksonville has gone to Centralia as an eighth-seed and beaten Centralia. Mm-hmm. So we, we don't fear people in the South. You've got Carterville as a one-seed in the South. Come on, are you going to be? You know, you have the traditional Geneseo yeah. is in there, but they're a sixteen and and, and they're five and four. Um, Macomb, seriously, yeah. Macomb is a three seed, and that's who <laughs> SHG theoretically would have to play to get to the semis in the quarters. Right. And and you you it's just it it looks like a bunch of um, a, a a bunch of little guys, you know, five four guys trying to take the ball away from from Yao Ming. You right. know, it it just it's not. No, I, I, it's, it's got to be those two. Maybe, no, Mount Zion was six and three. So, no, I, I don't see, I don't see any real competition in there for either one of those teams. Week eight, I left at halftime. Rochester had Jacksonville shut out, and then Rochester shuts out MacArthur. How good do you think Rochester is right now compared to what we saw in week one? I talked to a guy that, that's a, an avid Rochester fan after week one, and he said, this is, this is not a team that's capable of winning a state championship. And I said, I don't, doesn't think so. I don't think so. You, um, you got a 250-pound quarterback that's going to run, and you don't have a star running back, and, and there's no Hank Beatty to catch passes. Right. But no, nobody does a better job of getting better Nobody makes better adjustments at halftime than Rochester of a game, let alone over a season, as they get better week after week after week. And um, Steve Beaker is, is the, the way those guys, Jim McMahon and Steve Beaker, I, I look at them sort of as, as twins, um, the, the way their defenses play. Mm-hmm. I watched that Jacksonville 10-minute, 58-second drive against SHG. I was there for that. Yeah, And I'm sitting there, I'm going, Wow, Jacksonville's got it figured out. Those young linemen right. um, that kind of struggled in the second half against Glenwood in week one, they, they figured out what they're doing. McMahon goes over, looks at what they did. They didn't get a sniff the rest of the game. They got a big pass play um, for a touchdown, and that was the end of it. They, yeah. they just they adapt. They're, they're so, and, and Rochester is exactly the same way. Um, Parker Lyons is just a stud. They always have that one stud guy that's, that's going to stick you every time, yeah. and you can go through the years of, of those guys that, that Rochester's had. It's Rochester has made a great improvement. I don't know that they'll, they'll, they'd ever be able to improve enough to beat SHG. I, just, I think, Derek, this, this SHG team is so special, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it's just a, it's an incredible high school football team. It's not we're not going to see most. I, I would be amazed if one of these guys plays in the NFL. There's not a, a Malik Turner. There's not a Matt Mitrione. There's not one of those kind of guys. But they're they're so good as a high school football team with right. with what they can do. You know, you look at their their rushing stats aren't very good. Okay. Let them run on you. Just, just, just try. Just sell out to the run, and they'll kill you. They'll eat you up. 
So I, I, I just think that they're so special. And Rochester, I don't, I don't see how Effingham, I don't see how Bree Central, I don't see how Carterville right. can, can get in the way of, of Rochester making it to the semis. Real quick on the stats, especially for SHG, I was talking to Ken about it yesterday, and he's, you know, he's saying, you know, Ty doesn't exactly have the stats. And I said, that's because your defense gives you the ball at the 30-yard line every time. I mean, you're, you're stopping everybody, or your kicking game is so good that you really don't have to make 80-yard drives ever. I mean, that's just... And he's playing half been. the game. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Maybe half the that. game. Yeah, and, and, and when, it, when, when you score on the first play against Eisenhower from scrimmage and, and, and you're, it's 42 to nothing against Lanfear before the first quarter is over, yeah. it, it's, it's really... He's not going to throw the ball. It, it's, it's almost like these big games are a disservice to Ty's numbers. Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, the receivers, the running back, like you said, the running backs... You can't tell me that Bill Sanders couldn't have two thousand yards if they well, played him every game, played him the whole game. When the backup quarterback Levi Hanauer <laughs> is your number two rusher for most of the season because he's playing yeah. and he's running at like half two the quarters, game. Three quarters. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got more playing time. He's yeah. he's got the ball in his hands more than anybody on the team. Right. Um, all right. SHG Rochester. There. Uh, I think it's semifinal. Let's get to let's go to six A and talk about Glenwood as the. As the team that we've seen this year, seven and two coming into the playoffs, um, the biggest thing is, man, if they can get healthy, we saw how good they were in week one against. I mean, they were good against Rochester, but then they got, you know, you lose Jaden Lee in that game, and it's like, man, that's that's another tough blow to that defense. What do you see from Chatham in terms of their their kind of breakdown? Because, I mean, you look at Lamont, and that's like, man, that's that's who got them last year. Except for the fact that. Do do we just as we talked earlier about we don't see any problems coming from the south? We almost look the other way at the north. Oh boy, somebody up north they must be pretty good. Right? You know, I I, I graduated from Lamont. We were never nine and zero good, but I've seen SHG beat up on Lamont in championship games. I've seen Glenwood beat Lamont. Um, Lamont had a, had a really interesting team last year. They beat eliminated Springfield High in the six A postseason last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's One of the disadvantages of being in a conference with Rochester and Glenwood is you're stuck with two losses, you're 7-2, and two, you get an 8 seed. Yeah. Now, Glenwood is a better than 8 seed, but they played a 2 and a 4 in 4A bracket, and so now they've got two losses, so now they've got a They've got to be an eight nine in the eight nine game, which matches you up against the one seed right away. I don't think it's out of the question for for Glenwood to beat Lamont. I don't know how good Lamont is, but I, I think Glenwood Glenwood is they're really fast. Yeah, they have real speed, and, and they've got a quarterback. Um, I, I talked earlier that I, I thought that that Knutson is a, is a good um, comparison. To Griff Jurgens when he was on the '98 right. state championship, a tall, thin kid doesn't run great, puts the ball out there and does the things that you know a good quarterback. That w- w- if he's got really skilled guys around him, and he's got re- Miles Stapleton is a really good receiver. Galashki Blaze can go get it. So uh, I, I think I think it's it's not out of the realm of possibility for Glenwood to to make a deep run in the postseason. And I mean, Coach A will. Say we're not looking ahead to next week, and Quincy obviously is a good team. What do you know about the Blue Devils in terms of what the conference that they play in, and kind of what that we'll see on Friday? I don't know anything about Quincy yeah. except that um, 
Quincy used to be Quincy took forever to get to the postseason. A couple of years ago, they had a running back that they played against, lost to SHG. Yeah. Had a good running back that went to Iowa or Iowa State. Iowa State. Yeah. Iowa State. And uh, um, Western Big Six football. I, Greg Hallblad does broadcast some Rock Island and some Moline and some of those games. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think it's it's probably not on a par at the top end. Like we saw. Rock Island and Springfield High last year. <laughs> yeah. um, they still haven't. I, I think it's still third and twenty-one for somebody in that game. They're still trying to move the ball. So um, I, I don't. I don't think that it's outside of the realm of possibility. I, I would look for to Glenwood to win that game and then be matched up against Lamont, and then you've got Bremen. Perspectives of don't get me started on the public league teams that get a four <laughs> right. seed at eight and one. Right. Perspectives in Kenwood. Um, and so, so Bremen looks like it has a, a fairly easy route in there, and I think Lamont plays Bremen um, during the season, or, or, or they play teams like that. So uh, Glenwood doesn't. It, it's a shame that, that they're an eight because they have to go be matched up against a one in the mm-hmm. second round. Yeah, jump to Jacksonville. Um, it, you talked about it last week on the radio, but they blew, they blew everybody out, or they got blown out, and then last week at halftime they're down by one. Um, they end up putting up 70 points. How good is this team compared to what you've seen from past Jacksonville playoff teams? We talked about special as far as SHG. I think Elijah Owens is one of those special players that always makes his teammates. But he's a good player. He hasn't thrown for 1,000 yards. He hasn't rushed for 1,000 yards. Knocking on the door of both. Yeah. To be, have a hand in eight touchdowns last week. Ran for five threw for two, caught a touchdown pass from Deion Salter last week. Um, Jacksonville, Jacksonville's problem has been stopping the other guy. They're putting up big numbers. They had, they broke their school record with 70 points against U-High after they set it earlier with 65 against Lanfear. So right. scoring points is not a problem, but they, they've got to they got to be able to stop people. Metamora is another one of those traditional powers that you, you don't want to be matched up against Metamora because of the tradition mm-hmm. of Metamora. Well, maybe Metamora isn't so special. Maybe, maybe what they have this year isn't all that good. We know Jacksonville's tested. Jacksonville lost to Glenwood, which we just talked highly, spoke highly of, Rochester, and SHG. Yeah. Two per, three pretty good pretty good losses, but again, it puts them in an 8-9 game. Yeah, yeah. Which means you have to be matched up against Muhammad Seymour. I, short, I shorted Muhammad Seymour last year because right. I didn't go, Jacksonville open with Muhammad Seymour yeah. in the playoffs last year. And it was over at halftime. And it was over at halftime because Muhammad Seymour is really good. So um, I th- Jacksonville, it's been a while since Jacksonville has made it past. They've won one game in the postseason. They haven't won more than one in, in a, quite some time. Um, well, I, I, they may be hard-pressed this time just because of the draw that they got. Yeah. Um, what do you make of MacArthur? I don't, I don't feel like we know a lot about them. They're, they don't have uh, an Amir Brummett. They don't have a Jeff Wells. They just, they're just they just a team that, I mean, they got their five wins. They're they're playing the CS8, so you know that they are tested. Um, Spates is always a great coach, but it's like, okay, what what can we see them do in, in 5A? Well, you know that they're going to hit and they're going to be fast. They are going to have line, a linebacker or two that's going to stick you. They alternate quarterbacks, all sort of alternate yeah. quarterbacks. Um, I, I I saw them play and and they won 
the game that I saw, I think it was Landfear that I saw him play. And I, I always go back to that Springfield High MacArthur game. Right. MacArthur, Springfield High could be MacArthur mm-hmm. in this situation. They could be in the six season, six A postseason if they had won that game. Um, Mac- MacArthur plays Peoria High. Peoria High is they loved the, they, those two teams played five, six, seven, eight years ago, something like that. And Peoria Central put up eighty or something right. against them. And Peoria High loves to do that. And everybody in the in the in the world has disdain for the Peoria High coach because he loves to do that. He yeah. loves to put those numbers up. But everybody's putting up mad numbers now. Yeah, Jack. I mean, Mark Grounds. Mark Grounds would never <laughs> do a bad thing to another coach, and he's putting up seventy yeah. on people. Um, it, 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 that's just how it works nowadays. Um, MacArthur and Peoria High. I, I think MacArthur is a fourteen. I think that uh, I, I we the thing is since the, the first day of practice we've been saying we don't know much about MacArthur. Yeah. Now they played nine games and we still don't know much about MacArthur. Right. Except that Derek Spates is there and Derek Spates always finds a way to have his team in the postseason and they win five games and they win the games they're supposed to. They lose the games they're supposed to, and there's one or two fudge games in there. Last year they lost to Jacksonville at the end of the year to not make the playoffs. This year they beat Springfield High yeah. to make the playoffs. So they something to be said for that. We usually let Dave Kane do the small schools, but you, you do the stats for Channel 1450. So I'll, I'll just ask you as a, kind of a broader question. Has anything stood out to you stat-wise from the Sagamo Conference this year? Um, Athens' ability to run the ball, um, and boy, I think they got being the smallest school in two A. Yeah. You, you take a look at where they could be in one A, and where they where they are. I mean, gosh, have to travel to Carmi to start. Yeah. And your reward if you win that game is you get to play Saint Teresa, which would be could be a one seed in three A even probably yeah. as as good as 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 it is. Um, the, the the from doing the stats, the um, the well-rounded a- attack that Williamsville has with, with Siemens' ability to throw it mm-hmm. and to run it, and and the uh, with with Sharp and and Ripperda and the backs that they have that all are about the same. It, it's kind of a similar to SHG situation right. where the quarterback he's had better numbers because he's had longer fields and all the things we talked about with Ty Lot. Um, but Seaman has been really good this year. And um, the machine that Moreau Forsyth is, what Caden Maurer is able to do as a thrower, as a rusher, as a receiver, and he's top six or seven in tackles on their team yeah. now. That little guy is really, really good. And, and I, I think I think people on that side of the bracket are going to have a heck of a time with Moreau Forsyth. I think they are, they are a really, really good team. Um, yeah, th- th- those are those are some quick takes yeah. that I can think of. And just sticking in the two A bracket, I mean, you talked about how tough that two A South is, and then you throw in Auburn, you throw in North Mac, you throw in Pena, all teams from around here that we know. And you know, it would be awesome to see Auburn North Mac in, in round two, just because of that rivalry right there. That that would be terrific, except for the fact that that Auburn gets that Max Lynch at Pena yeah. is amazing. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, Max Prep says he's he leads the state of Illinois with eighteen hundred yards rushing well, yeah. as a quarterback, and he's thrown for over a thousand. Um, and that's who Auburn stuck with again. Um, a tough draws a thirteen because they've got to play Moreau, they've got to play Williamsville, they've got to play Athens. 
every year and, yeah. and those you know you you're kind of penciled into to three you're going to win three you're going to lose and, and three you got to you got to make the best of if, you, if you're going to improve your seating in the postseason that would be really cool if Auburn could beat Payne and then be matched up with North Mac because um, this is a team that, that Patrick Bowman has been waiting for since he took that job because right. those seniors are really good that they've got. They got a kid going to Vanderbilt on the offensive line. They've got a quarterback that's a, that that can outrun anybody, and he's a, got a great arm. And um, that that's a really quality team. Um, I, what what Auburn again? What, what, I go back to being at the fairgrounds talking to the to the coaches about what's going on in football. Speed, yeah. speed, speed, speed. Auburn is really fast. I I hope Dresden Grimm is going to be able to to help them. A little bit. I don't know what his injury status He's is. He's probably out for probably football out for season. Football. Hopefully back for wrestling. Okay, um, but but they they've been able to. Coach Gardner has been able to kind of parlay good wrestling athletes, good track athletes, and good football athletes right. into a pretty good football team. And and we said a couple weeks ago, the Sangamo's in good good shape when Auburn is good and Auburn's good. Let's wrap it up with this. As we look into the next month, who do you see us covering? Today after Thanksgiving. Well, I'm going to stick to tradition. We're going to have, um, I think, I think SHG pencil SHG into 4A, yeah, and that will be what the late game Friday night, yep. the day after Thanksgiving. Um, it would be wonderful if Williamsville could be in the game before that. And we didn't talk much about Williamsville. Williamsville is in the South bracket again, mm-hmm. and. Again, Benton looks like the obstacle to keeping. I think they that. like their draw. In the I South, think they yeah. like their draw too because Carlinville is a traditional, traditionally pretty good, but a five and four team. Um, Prairie Central's gone back and forth three A four A. I saw Rochester just destroy them. Um, yeah, I, I think Williamsville's got a pretty good shot at, at coming out of there. I think Tolono's probably Tolono, the obstacle. Yeah, you, like you, you worry about Tolono, and Tolono has one loss. This season, and I'm sure it was they they've got those traditional rivalries over in the east part of the state, central part of the state. So I, I think you got a, a good shot at Williamsville. And man, I would have loved so much if Athens could have played the first game. It could have been in that one right. state championship right. game because I think I, I think what what Ryan Knox has. Congratulations on 100th win last week or two weeks ago, and uh, I, I think they they would have been a handful. With uh, with what they have to offer, um, and in, and in two way, I think it's a done deal with Moroa, Moroa and Saint Teresa. That looks like one of the one of the safest bets you could have in two way. So I think you're going to be busy. Yeah, I hope so. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks, Derek, for having me. A huge thanks to Roop for his time. Always great insight and information from one of the best to ever do it. Happy to have him on board and a part of our team. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Please share and please. Enjoy everything we have going on. This is a crazy busy week, but it's a ton of fun. I'll see you next week.